Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Father, thank you so much that you help us uh, as we continue today and we look into your word, Father. Just humble myself before you and trust you to help me, Lord, as I communicate this, Father, that it comes out clear, that it helps everyone, Father, that we can all be blessed and improved in our relationships, Lord, and we give you all the praise and glory for that in Jesus' name, amen. So this week, we're going to talk about finances in relationships, and uh, we'll give you a, little, a, a few statistics, but before we do that, I uncovered this other video. Well, I didn't really uncover it. It was on Facebook, and it's kind of funny, so I thought maybe we could look at it, uh, and it's about the funny things or the silly things that people argue over. So let's take a look. That's not how you fold the towels. It doesn't matter how you fold a towel. It does matter how you fold a towel. If you want it to fit in the closet, you have to roll it. Oh my God, could you chew any louder? This goes on here. It takes two seconds. Well, then the next person who comes in will do it. That's not the point. Hey, did you throw away my leftovers? No. I could have sw- Oh, you What did you call me? Nothing. The toilet paper goes over. It's printed that way so you could see it. No, the toilet paper goes under so that the cats don't get at it. That makes no sense. What do you want to get for dinner? I don't really care. Then just pick something. You choose. Told you. Shut up. I don't see why I have to put the utensils face down. Because when they're sticking up like that, if someone trips and falls, they're going to impale themselves and die. That's literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm not playing this game where I list every single thing and you shoot it all down. I'm not doing this again. Well, then I don't know what to tell you. Oh my gosh, watch this. This is the best line. Did you watch this without me? You weren't home! Seriously, six more inches and it's in the sink. Well, then put it in six more inches. I get it. Anything will be fine. It's fine. food. Fine. All right. We're going to get pizza. Anything but pizza. What do you want to eat? That is Bill Paxton. It is Bill Pullman. Bill Paxton was in Aliens. That is Bill Paxton. That is him. Game over, man. That is that man right there. Why am I going to put him away? I'm wearing them tomorrow morning. I don't care if you're wearing them tomorrow morning. I don't want them just sitting by my side of the bed all night. Why do you do this? You squeeze from the bottom. The next person doesn't have to squeeze then. It's toothpaste. It's not like it's hard to squeeze it from a new area on the tube. Why are we fighting about this? Why are we fighting about this? I, why are we fighting about this? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have made you make the decision. With that being said, I think your original call of pizza is fine. Just no pepperoni. I think many people can relate to that. Now here's an interesting statistic. 
uh, and I, I Googled this, and this is from Australia. So if you put that statistic up, as far as relationships are concerned, what causes problems in relationships, uh, 39% uh, is finances, 35% is communication. So last week, Patsy uh, ministered on uh, five different bombs that can mess with relationships. Uh, she didn't say anything about finances because we were doing that this week, but uh, the number one, as a matter of fact, it's, it's uh, the number one cause of stress and problems in a relationship can be finances. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, actually, money can ruin a marriage. Okay? Now, when somebody gets married, sometimes we et- underestimate uh, what it takes to bring two different lives together and to mesh those lives. And, and, and then even on top of that, if you get married later in life, you kind of get set in your ways. I know Patsy and I, I, was thir- I turned 34 on our honeymoon, and so 30, 34 years, I get set in my ways. She was younger than me. I guess you don't say how old ladies are, okay? but she was set in her ways. So you get married a little bit later, you even get more set in your ways, and then when you are married, you have to learn how to work things out to be able to mesh everything and live together. So I was traveling on the road at the time, and uh, I was advised, I I was really enjoying myself in the singing group, uh, serving Kenneth Hagin, doing all these wonderful things, and they gave me some marriage advice, and they said, when you get married, we think you should come off the road and we think you should spend time with your wife and work your marriage out because you two are a little bit older and you've been independent for quite a while. And so I took that advice and came off the road and we decided that that we would spend more time together because we would go out on the road for five weeks at a time. And when you're out on the road for five weeks at a time, of course, you're not spending a lot of time together. So I came off the road and I... uh, and we spent some time together to start working things out because we were both going our own ways for so long. So coming together and getting married, it takes, it takes a working out of things. Look at this scripture, Amos 3 and verse 3. It says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Okay, now we always take that scripture and we think, well, that's always about doctrine. You know, what do you believe about this concerning doctrine? Do you believe that God is a healing God? Or do you believe, uh, do you believe that God will fill you with the Holy Spirit? You know, but this actually works for everything. So God, you know, when he says, can two walk together unless they're agreement, he's thinking about finances there. Uh, when you come together and you have two people Uh, and they need to start living together, it's important to also be in agreement about money and finances. So that's why it's really beneficial to look at this because being in agreement with money and finances uh, is is a very powerful thing in a relationship, in marriage, okay? So here's four areas that can cause disharmony concerning money in a relationship. So look at these because I think they're important. The first one is where or how to earn money. And sometimes we don't really think, well, is that, could that be a problem? Well, it would be because sometimes some, one of 
this, this, you know, one of the spouses might think, well, I would like to work this job, but the other spouse think, well, I don't really want you to work there because I don't like what it is or I don't like the location. So where and how people earn money can be uh, something. And then another, another thing concerning uh, getting along in this area and having harmony instead of disharmony is how to prioritize money. Okay, now when you think about how to prioritize, this is, a, this is something that everybody that, uh, in Christianity, they have to come up in, and get into agreement on this. Do you tithe? When you receive your finances, do you tithe? You know, do you put the tithe first? Well, both, both have to be in agreement on that. So the first thing is like prioritizing finances. What we do in our marriage is the first thing that when finances come in, we make sure we set the tithe aside. And some people go over the tithe. We've been, uh, we go over the tithe. That's our choice. We do tithes and offerings. And so we're at a higher percentage than 10%. Uh, we've been in this over 30 years. And if you continue, if you consistently give, you'll find out that increase comes and you'll actually think, hey, I like this, and you start giving more, so we're, we're at a higher uh, giving bracket than 10%, but we had, we had to get into agreement over, over that, okay? So priorita- prioritizing money is something that can cause disharmony. Uh, even saying the same thing, uh, if, if, you're, if one person is like really in agreement and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm excited about giving, but the other person isn't, then you're saying different things. So one person is looking at finances like it's seed, and the seed, uh, by, you, by believing God, when I plant that seed, I'll have an increase. And the other person is saying like, man, I, just, I'm, I don't want to let go of my money. Uh, I'm throwing my money away. Two very different things. Well, it's very powerful when in a relationship when both come together and both see the money is seed and it's sowing financial seed and by sowing that seed it will produce and all of the needs in the relationship, that the needs in that marriage and in that household will be abundantly met and there'll be increase. So coming together and having that kind of unity, uh, you know, the Bible says one can put how many to flight? And then how many can two put to flight? 10,000. So think about that. When you come together in a relationship and you get an agreement, think about how the power is multiplied and how important it is to agree and prioritize money in a relationship. Another thing that can cause disharmony is how to spend or manage money. And we're going to look at some other things. So I'm not spending a lot of time on this now, but we'll come back to some of these things. But how to spend or manage the money, develop a budget, all of these things make such a huge difference in a relationship. Then also, the last one that can cause disharmony is how to save money. And it's really good to develop a savings plan in, uh, in re- for your household, okay? So with that in mind, those are some things that cause big things, that cause disharmony. It's, I, I don't like spending a lot of time on the negative, so let's go to the positive really quick today, and let's just talk about this improving financial harmony in a marriage, okay? And there's some things that we can do to improve our financial harmony in marriage. So here's the first one uh, in prayer. It's not, it doesn't always seem exciting when you say, well, hey, you know, let's pray. But prayer uh, should always be a first choice 
when it comes to improving things, okay? So here's, here's a few thoughts that, you know, marriage is, of course, between a man and a woman, but it also includes God. So in a Christian relationship, you have man, woman, and God. And so by praying, it's bringing the creator of the universe and God Almighty into the relationship, and it really makes it much more powerful and better. So here's the thing about God and letting God in. He's going to guide us, and he's going to show us things, and so he'll guide people into a job. So talk about agreeing on where and how God can direct where and he can direct how to earn money. So letting God into a relationship and praying, it, it, it can take care of that. Now, I wanted to just throw this in, and I've said this before, but sometimes people will not take work because they say, well, I'm waiting on my dream job. But I, I still think it's better to take anything that's available and start earning money even when you're waiting on a dream job because if you take work and start making money, then you can start tithing and, there's, and, and when people tithe, there's all, you always are positioned for increase. And, uh, and, and so really, it's always good to take something and start putting your hand to doing something so you can get involved with God's financial system. And that means that you work and you earn and you tithe and then you're positioned for increase and God can lead and guide you. So praying can help all of that. Praying is where you use your faith and believe when it comes to finances, where you can come into agreement and say the same thing about money, okay? Here's a scripture, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3. It, it says this, it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will, be, will succeed. And we always think this only applies to one thing, but really it, it says whatever you do. So I... I underline that whatever because I would think well we think well if we're gonna if if a man feels he should go on the mission field the wife needs to agree and feel like she should go on the mission field so we're going to and we've lived on four continents of course when you're doing something big like that you better be in agreement before you switch continents you don't want to go without God those are big things but it says whatever that means even small things so you can actually commit the small things to the Lord. So letting God in and letting God direct and even getting wisdom from God makes a huge difference. I, I remember when we were living in Italy and we felt like uh, that we should put the Italians on television, which is a big thing. And just showing the difference, doing it yourself instead of allowing God in, we went up to England and when we were in England, we went to a, a well-known minister's meeting up in England, and his son-in-law was sitting there, and I didn't even know that he knew me. So I sat behind him, and he turned around, and he goes, you're Tony Caminetti, aren't you? And I go, yeah, and I'm thinking, I never knew you knew me. Uh, you're, you're like a big-name guy. I'm just Tony Caminetti. You know, I was surprised that he knew me. And uh, he said, the Lord spoke to me about you because I knew you were coming, and the Lord told me to give you $10,000 when you got here. And he gave me a $10,000 check. And we just were, we, were, um, we were talking about going on television in Italy. So I looked at Patsy, and I go, and I just found out that digital television cameras are $5,000 a piece. And I go, there's our two TV cameras right there. And I got back to Italy, and without checking in with God, I bought two digital television cameras because we're going to go on TV. 
but didn't pray, didn't seek God. I was just like, that was quick. Here's the cameras. Well, there was nobody to operate the cameras. We didn't have any, we didn't have any equipment to, to, to uh, edit and to do all of that thing. We didn't know anybody that knew how to do that. Uh, we, and not only that, then you have to hire somebody and pay them a salary to do that. We, there was just so much that wasn't prayed through and thought through, you know, and, and so um, it, was, it was a wrong move, but God, made it, God helped it. And then on top of that, because I didn't pray with my wife and I didn't get our staff in agreement, I was all excited and I went to the office and I said, we're going, and everyone just looked at me. And I, you know, you know how they, I felt like they sat down on me. And I thought, why don't you get off your rears and hook up with this and let's get the Italians on TV and preach the gospel in Italy. And no one would do it. So then I, I, we went home, I, and I said to Patsy, I said, you're against me. She goes, I'm not against you. She goes, if you would just please agree this one thing, can we pray this out and seek God? So reluctantly, I finally said, okay, I'll, I'll quit fighting everybody because I guess maybe I'm the one that's fighting here and not them. No one would hook up with it. So I just dropped it, and we started praying. And every time I thought about it, I prayed. And every time she thought about it, she prayed. And I think it was how, how much, long, much later after that was, kind of gave up on the idea, ended up selling the, te- the, the digital TV cameras to somebody else, so it worked out okay. But here's, here's what happened. Walk, we were in Italy there, and I'm walking in the dining room, and she's sitting, Patsy's sitting at the table, and a strategy fell out of heaven while I was praying, and the Lord said this. He gave me five Italian pastors, Italian, they're an Amer- Italian-American pastors, who all had a heart for Italy. And he said, you call these five pastors, you ask them if they want to help get the gospel on TV in Italy, you have these guys um, all share the expenses, and each one of these five pastors had TV ministries in their churches. Two of them were my brothers, Joe and Mike Caminetti. Then there was Tony Storino, Antonio Storino, Bill Anzavino, and John Nuzzo. Great, you know, all the, all the Italians. And they all had a heart for Italy. So I, I, I got a hold of these guys and said, if you're interested in this, uh, if you could, like, chip in and buy 10 airplane tickets from Italy to America, if one of you guys would say who wants to offer your church for us to film and we're going to put television shows together to put on, t- on TV, if you could put everyone in a hotel, if you could feed everyone, and then if you could prepare it all and take it from, I think it's NTCS to PAL to, for the different color systems between, you know, there's like a color system thing. I don't know what it, you, some of you guys know what that is, but you know, there's different things. And so here's the thing. These guys were thrilled about it. Immediately, it started to happen. So we flew back on an airplane, me and 10 other Italians, and they were going to do all the preaching. Everything was paid for. We went and we did a, a half of year of TV shows. They were completely recorded, half hour long, uh, completely edited, and they got sent to us a couple months later, ready to put on TV in Italy it didn't cost us one cent. But I'm just saying that to say, isn't it really different when you let God in and don't try to do it yourself? And so we, we went on TV and we found a TV station right near the church. Uh, it, it was a, a Rama church in Italy and we were 
good friends with the pastor and we were holding up his arms and helping him do what he was doing we put it on a tv channel right there and it was amazing how people started to get saved and people start going to his church and he started to to uh train and establish them it was a wonderful thing but we let god i mean i i reluctantly gave in and let god get involved and it turned out so good if i would have tried to do it on my own i don't know what would have happened does that make sense god wants to do the same thing in every marriage and sometimes we just have to take a little bit of time and let god in the marriage and he can do great things when it comes to to plans and finances okay so that the sec the second thing is just having coming into harmony with finances in a marriage is this you, you want to see each other as partners seeing one another as a partner the husband and the wife were partners okay it's like a merger when you get married it's a merger between a lot of different pieces and one of the pieces is also a merger with finances okay and getting married what what i really have been working on the whole time that we've been married when we first got married i said my car and my this and when it first came out i thought i actually thought that's not right we got married now it's our car it's not my car it's our car and even today, if it ever slips out and I go, my car, I go, it's our car. It's not my car, it's our car. It's, we're one, you know. And I, start, uh, I started to, re, you know, revamp the way that I think, change the way that I think, uh, believe in everything, and then I get my mouth and tongue lined up with it. Everything we have is ours, it's not mine. Everything she has is not hers, it's ours. And I'm, I'm going to say something a little later about you know should you have separate bank accounts and all that and we'll get that here soon but it's the way that i believe and the way that i talk it's ours it's we it's not i and it's not me okay and that's really important so when you come together you start practicing saying our and my instead of i and we okay so some thoughts about that too is when it comes to finances that every dollar brought into the home is a dollar that belongs to the home okay and i'll talk about being independent and all that soon and you'll be surprised at what i say about that in a good way but this is just a way to think that when i bring finances home it's they're not mine they're ours but we do have a way that we can have independence too and i'll share that soon okay so here's a scripture genesis chapter 2 and verse 24 genesis 2 24 it says for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united with his wife and they will become one flesh and something just jumped out to me when i was looking at that it says a man will leave and be united to his wife so just dropping some things there a man will leave and be united to his wife and they will become and it just jumped out to me you know it doesn't happen immediately you know with some things you leave and you cleave okay and you become and it takes a working out it's not something that happens overnight it sometimes it, you have to sit down at the table and you have to have discussions especially when it comes to finance and you have to come into agreement about these kind of things and it makes a huge difference so with that in mind it progresses to the next thing you sit down at a table and at that table then you can define goals okay it's really important to do these kind of simple things they say well, they might say, sound simple but they make a difference so defining goals goal setting 
is a form, you could say, of actually practical dreaming. You can actually, when you sit down and define some goals, it, it's another way that you can say that I'm dreaming. So a goal, like I'd like to, we'd like to buy a house. Well, that's, that's a goal, but it's like dreaming. Now, for some of you, you grew up in this country. We didn't. So I'll explain, like our situation, we were living in Oklahoma, and the Lord said, go on the mission field. We, we were married. We bought a house shortly after we were married, but get this. I know this sounds crazy. We bought a house for $78,000. It was two stories, five bedrooms, two living areas, you know, two, uh, you know, two living areas, two dining areas, like kitchen. You know, it was like a monstrous house, $78,000. And then when the Lord said go on the mission field, we sold it, and I believe we sold it for $96,000. That's not a lot of money. But then you come over, then we end up going around the world, but you get to Australia, what are you going to buy for, with ten dollars or $12,000 down payment when you come into a market that the houses are five, six? hundred thousand dollars you know and stuff like that seven hundred thousand so you understand that when we sit down and we say well we have a goal we want to buy a, a house in australia it's a little bit different than maybe somebody that grew up here and grew with the market we didn't grow with the market it's kind of like if you live in california this happened all the time the lord spoke to people in california to move to oklahoma to go to bible school they sold their house and they were in this market with million dollar houses they may have only made $100,000 on the house, but they moved to Oklahoma and paid cash for a bigger house and a nicer house. They never want to go back to California after that. They have a big, nice house paid for in cash, and they're thinking, man, I'm out of, I'm out of the, the rat race. That's how a lot of people felt, as beautiful as California is. So you understand those kind of markets, sitting down and then saying, well, let's just talk about this, and you come up with like a goal. Let's buy a house. But you're dreaming together, you know? Okay, so goal setting is important, and you can, you know, do it like, what do we, where, where do we want to be five years and 10 years and 15 years? Uh, and just sit down and, and assess your financial situation. Look at this scripture, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 25. Jesus said, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Jesus is making a point here, but I, I just never really noticed household before. You know, we're always thinking kingdom and fighting, you know, in spiritual realm and all that. But I just never really noticed that till I was preparing. And I thought, well, there's the word household. So it isn't just God's kingdom and the devil's kingdom and a nation, but it even says a household. So a household divided against itself will not stand. The devil knows that. What, what the devil wants to do is he wants to divide a household because he, he knows he can bring a household down if he can divide it. You know, and then not really we say the devil, but sometimes our flesh is a bigger enemy than the devil just go to the book of Galatians and read what the book of Galatians says about the works of the flesh you'll even see that one of the works of the flesh is witchcraft and we blame a lot of things on the devil but actually the, the, our flesh sometimes and can be a, a worse enemy so really what we want to do is try to the Bible says keep your flesh under and be a doer of the word so here's here's the thought here about this having common financial goals produce produces a common focus planning and faith to achieve i know that's really simple sitting down at a table saying let's define goals 
when you come up with common financial goals, it produces a common focus. It's really important to get a common focus, okay? And then you can plan, and then you can have faith. You can believe and say the same thing, and you can achieve, all right? Now, here's the big one. Next, for financial harmony, to combine or not to combine? That is the question. So, I'll tell you what we do, and it seems to work out good. And here's the question that we'll answer. Does having the same goals mean we have to combine everything? And the answer for us is no, you don't. Okay? So, the way that we do it, and, and I'll say this too, in every marriage, there could be a, a person in that that's better at managing than the other. Or you could be equally good and you just have to decide who's going to manage. In our relationship, I, uh, we decided I was going to manage the finances, okay? So I'm managing the finances. We sit down, we come up with a monthly budget, and then based on what we're earning, I say, well, I'm earning this, and what I'm earning does not cover the whole budget, so could you please uh, contribute? And Patsy says yes. So she, con she contributes, and we, in my account, the money is there to cover all the, our needs, and then I have some leftover, you know, like spending money in cash so I can be independent. But then also then she has an account, and she uh, puts in, the, you know, to what I need to manage everything, but then she has an account so she can have some independence. So it's, it's not like you have to combine everything and just do it... We, we both have an account and we both can have some independence there where it's not legalistic and we, all the bills are paid, the budget's met, etc. Does that make sense? So that's the way that we do the big thing, combine or not to combine. We didn't always do it that way, but we've, we evolved into that. And I find it's nice because I think ladies like to have some spending money and they, can, can the ladies say amen to that one? I know when we first got married, we didn't do it that way, and she came up to me once, and she goes, what would it take to get some cash? <laughs> and, and I said, you need cash? Use your credit card or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I said. But anyway, we, we, got, we evolved, and that, that all got worked out, and it seems to work good. Okay, isn't it fun working things out? But here's a thought here. Um, Financial independence is important, but it's, it's really important to, uh, it, you balance it with accountability. So here's what we do too. We don't hide our spending habits from each other. Okay, and I think in, in, uh, that's important in relationships, not to hide your spending habits uh, from each other. Okay, more practical thoughts now toward harmony. So here's some more practical things. Here's, here's one agree on goals all right so with this have a few things to say there's biblical goals okay there's beliefs and speaking goals and then there's practical goals 
So in our relationship, you know, we have our biblical goals. Biblical, what's that? Well, the promises of God. So we have goals concerning the promises of God that no evil will come near our dwellings, no weapon formed against us will prosper, uh, that we're redeemed from sickness and disease, sickness can't come near our house. All of those, th- all the promises that the Bible says, we are in agreement on that, and we declare those things. Uh, every time we move into a house, uh, we always declare that the angels of God have charge over our property. We commission angels on the four corners of our property and we declare that if anybody tries to come on our property with any kind of plan against us that they will become afraid confused and they will run away because our angels will confuse them and scare them and they'll run away from our property we haven't had anybody break in our house yet and we've lived on four continents and we've lived around we lived in a vacation place where nobody lived during the winter time in italy and Every house around us was broken into except ours. And our house was buried. It was the easiest one to break into because we had a driveway that went through some other people's yards. And we were like in the middle. Somebody could have, and there was trees there. They could have just walked up our driveway, got into our house, and it was hidden. And we were were the ones that were never broken into. And all the other houses around us were broken into because we believed very strongly that God gave us angels and we said, angels, you have charge over our property, and no evil will come near our property, and no weapon formed against us will prosper. So those are biblical goals, and everything the Bible promises, you can, you can agree on it. And one will put 1,000 to flight, two, 10,000. It's very powerful when you come into agreement on these things. Very powerful, okay? And then so with the biblical goals, there's, there's, you believe it and you speak it. That brings us to practical goals. So when it comes to earning, when it comes to giving, when it comes to spending, when it comes to saving, all of these things, it's really great to come into agreement on these things and you believe and you say the same thing about those things. So here's a thought, you know, you can really, we can whinge and we can murmur about so many things. And... The best way to say, I used to work in a machine shop and I was a machinist and I punched a time card. And this is a little progression that happened to me. I learned how to become a machinist. It took eight years to become a a tradesman and I was a class A, what they call a class A machinist. Uh, I started doing that when I was 18 years old and by the time that I was uh, 26 years old, I was a class A machinist and uh, but I went in and I punched a card and you work for a big company. I found this out in my life. When you're not the boss or the owner and you work for somebody else, you can have a victim mentality. But once then, as the Lord started to direct me, I got my first leadership position when I was at Bible school and I got put over the singing group and I became a boss. It's amazing once you're a boss how you start thinking differently. And then it's amazing if you're an owner of a company how you start thinking differently very differently and so i i can relate to all three of those and so i can relate to when you punch a time card and you feel like you're not in control of anything and you're like waiting for them to say you're either hot you're you're redundant or you're you're gonna we're gonna decrease your wages we're gonna increase your wages we're gonna move you here and you're thinking what are they gonna do to me but even in that situation you can get to a place where you trust god and you're not against the company, and you're not against the leadership of whoever you are, but you trust God, and you don't murmur, and you don't complain about that. 
I wasn't a Christian at the time and I didn't know that, but these are the kind of things that make such huge differences in life when you learn that. Once I became a boss, then I start thinking, man, you know, like, I feel like I'm the victim. And even when you're the owner, you can feel like you're the victim because everyone's attacking you. And so as you go up the leadership ladder, you feel like you're the one that's under attack. Uh, But in all of those cases, you can choose, do you murmur or not? And here's what I'm getting to. Increase in promotion on any job happens much better and quicker if there's no murmuring and whinging about it, but you actually pray for the leaders, pray for your boss, pray for the company, be a model employee, don't murmur, do everything as good as you can, that's when you're positioned for increase, not criticizing everything about the company, criticizing the boss all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You position yourself for increase when you do what the Bible says and don't murmur, all of those things, believe the best for the company, believe the best for the leadership, et cetera. Does that make sense? That wasn't a very loud amen. Well, there was no response there. As somebody once said, don't shout me down if I'm preaching good. No. (laughs) Okay, so these are the kind of things that can make a difference, okay? Here's another thought, too, when it comes to agreeing on goals. It's really good to consult the spouse before purchasing big-ticket items. You know, so you don't go out and buy a car and come home and say, hey, hon, I bought a car. Oh, thanks for letting me know you were going to buy a car. I think there's probably a bracket of people that can do these kind of things. Like, there's people that get married and they're very wealthy and they're both independently millionaires. That's a different thing where you come home and say, hey, hon, I bought a, just bought a new BMW. Well, that's fine. We already got two. You know, <laughs> fine. I understand there, there's levels of people on this, and that's a whole different level, and those kind of people probably don't have to say, hey, I thought about buying a house, <laughs> you, you know, or thought about buying a car. But when you're not on that level, it's really important that you don't buy big-ticket items without getting an agreement over it, okay? And then here's a thought, too, when it comes to agreeing. Emotional problems can be solved with money, or can't be solved, I'm sorry, Emotional problems can't be solved. Don't you wish they could be? That would be great. But, but emotional problems can't be solved with money. And here's the thought. Take a good look at what's really behind bad spending habits because sometimes it's something that's going on with us that causes us to be out of control. It's a problem with us, and money doesn't fix that. So going out and spending out of control doesn't fix that. You know, there was a movie that came out. I didn't watch it because it's a girly movie. It was about shopping. What was that one? That somebody was out of control shopping. What's that one called? The Confessions of a Shopaholic. Is that what you said? Which I know that that's a girly movie and I didn't watch it, you know. But, you know, you, you, you know if, if you have a problem with it and you always say, I love shopping, maybe you should start actually saying I hate shopping or something. Because whatever you believe and say, eventually you will become that. So if, if you're just always saying, I love shopping, I love shopping, and your credit cards are maxed out, maybe you should start saying, I, I hate going to the, the shopping center. I hate shopping. I, I'm, I know I'm just being a little cheeky there. But it's a thought. It's a, okay. So here's also, when it comes to goals, and uh, wrapping up here soon, but it's really important to realistically discuss strengths. 
And what I mean by that, you know, there's the old traditional way in a marriage that the man automatically manages finance. But here's a thought. What if the lady is better at managing, okay? Why do we have to go with the old traditional view that the man always has to do the managing if the lady's better? Who's ever better at managing finances would make everything better in the marriage if they were the one managing the finances. So that's another uh, thought about agreeing on goals and having that area as good as it can be, okay? All right, here's something else uh, on some practical things here. Adjust thinking and attitudes. And what do I mean by that? Well, one thing is like no secrets, okay? So keeping secrets when it comes to money can, can not always a good thing, okay? Uh, another thought here is both partners should be fully aware of the family's financial status. So sometimes what I do, because everything's online now, sometimes I tell Patsy, could you please come and sit on the couch because I'm going to get online and I'm going to go to our bank account and I'm going to show you all the money in all the different accounts. You know, and we actually have, uh, I don't, we, we, we don't, I don't do that with our church account because we have an accountant that takes care of our church account and, uh, and all that. But I'm talking about with our, our personal money. I say, I want, I want to go online now and I'm going to show you all the money and what's going on here. I want to update her where we are with our finances. That's a good thing to do and there's no secrets, okay? And then another thing too uh, is not having a master-slave attitude. And what's the master-slave attitude is, I made this money, I'll decide how it's going to be spent. And here's the thought, you know, sometimes ladies have to stay at home and they can't work jobs because they might have three, you know, maybe they don't want to put their children in daycare and they want to raise their children. So if a lady's staying at home and she's working, something just re recently happened, and I think it's okay if I share it, guys, but you know, Chris and Amelia, we sent them off to... Uh, Europe, but Amelia left a couple weeks before Chris, and he had the four kids. So just before he left, he was talking to Patsy, and he goes, you know, I really understand and relate to Amelia, like on a way different level. I really appreciate Amelia, because he was the one that was taking care of the four kids. And so guys, you know, you go out, and maybe you're the one working, but you have no idea if your wife is raising the kids, what they're doing at home. So that master-slave thing is, I made the money and all that kind of stuff. You know, really, you're one, and the money belongs to both of you, okay? All right, praise God. Father, I thank you today for uh, just practical things, Lord, that can make our marriages stronger, our relationships stronger. I just pray for everyone here. There's some single people here, Lord, that I trust this will help them in the future. Father, I thank you for all of us that are married, that, Father, that we can just do these practical things. Uh, it'll put us in a position for increase in the kingdom, Lord. Give you praise and glory for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.